Well, it's the new year, and uh, with the new year, time to try some new things, right? If you haven't been to Molly's Spirits yet, now's a great time to do it. We've been telling you for a long time about what big fans we are of Molly's. We love it. Everything they do is innovative from their selection of over 12,000 beer, wines, and spirits to the shopping experience itself. You're always going to find somebody to help you pick out exactly what you're looking for and answer any questions that you might have. Not every liquor store can say that. And you and I both know that. Head to mollys.com right now and check out their staff picks and featured products. Featured products this month include Molly's Elevated Seltzer Varieties, or how about the Polliner Oktoberfest Marzen 12-pack, both at fantastic prices. And Molly still has the same commitment to carry and support outstanding Colorado breweries, wineries, and distilleries. And we love that about them as well. So head to one of their three locations. They're at Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, the DTC location in the Arapahoe Marketplace on the west side of I-25 next to Sprouts, and the Longmont location at 700 Ken Pratt Boulevard. And don't forget, there's always the option of curbside pickup and delivery. Molly Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery. You know, there's no doubt what season we're in, right? It's football season for sure, but it's also full-on coffee season. You know, when you get up in the morning, it's starting to get dark and cold outside. The only thing that's going to make you feel better is that good hot cup of coffee. We suggest making yourself a cup of Boyer's coffee to ring in the cold weather. Boyer's has been roasting in the mountains since 1965. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, it means you're always guaranteed a flavorful cup of coffee that you won't find anywhere else because the beans are roasted at altitude, ensuring that smooth taste is what you're going to get and what a selection they have do yourself a favor and check out their website at boyerscoffee.com talk about choices man they've got so many it is literally the most expansive selection of coffee we've ever seen from the top sellers like rocky mountain thunder to their lighter breakfast blend to french vanilla which i love to hazelnut to the popular chocolate mousse coconut cream there's a coffee for everybody including an impressive selection of decaf coffees and organic coffees as well and if you sign up at boyerscoffee.com you'll get exclusive emails monthly with some great discounts including free shipping remember you can always find boyers at your favorite supermarket as well as walmart and sam's club or stop by their food truck and coffee cottage at 73rd in washington where one of their talented baristas can make you whatever you want boyers coffee enjoy a cup today this is the dave logan podcast And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, we are back at it. Thanks so much for uh, listening to this podcast and downloading the podcast. Podcast number 108. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Did you make any resolutions? Um, no, just uh, my hope is that I've never been a big New Year's resolutions guy, but just hoping that this year is uh, semi back to normal with all the craziness in the world and yeah. COVID and protocols and lockdowns and schools and man it's just been it's been two years of bs yeah tough tough stuff yeah. for people everybody everybody oh, for sure when you throw the fires in there um have you ever have you noticed and we're gonna get to all this stuff with big banjo in the game either these days people are so kind because you're trying to overcome the craziness because we all we're, everybody's going through it people are just assholes I haven't I haven't noticed too much of the kindness. Oh really? Uh uh-uh. uh. I, I think people are just very frustrated. I think they're pissed off. I think they're um I think their fuses are very short. 
it doesn't take much for for somebody to lash out about something that I mean it's just stupid it's just meaningless yeah right yeah so you know I think that's part of um that's part of what I'm talking about that's just sort of the mindset of a lot of people Mm -hmm. generally speaking since COVID hit back in March of 2020 I mean stop and think about this the 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 world for sure but I'll speak only of the U.S. I mean we in here in Colorado we've been dealing with this since March of 2020 this is January of 2022. It's damn near two years, and very much going strong. Uh, yeah, now, now the, you know there's a new variant, and it's I don't know. It's just uh, yeah. so I I can see. I mean, I think you have to, with intention, force yourself to find um, some positive things in your life. Otherwise, you can just get bogged down with crap, and it's just it feels like. Man, I mean, what's what's there to be happy about? If you're not careful, you sort of fall into that, right? Yeah. I would say when you're out and about, be, have intention of being kind because most of the time it, it will get reciprocated because I think we're all going through it. Anyway, something that, you know what, that Vic Fangio is going through right now is waking up this morning and not having a job. And speaking of lashing out. It I, won't be long. It won't be long, right? And we hope that for him because I know you're you're a fan of his. Yep. Speaking of lashing out, I didn't hear the post game. And I try and I hear a lot of your post game. Apparently, you asked Vic a question and he said something back, but I don't know what that was. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just? Um, I, I mean, I, I can tell you basically what it was. I mean that that has been whether Vic was coming back or not has been sort of the central story of this past season in the last four or five weeks, right? Um, and then they lose four straight games, and so I do the post game show and I ask Vic. Uh, questions about the game. And so, first of all, I like Vic and really respect him. So I'm not one of these guys. I mean, there, there are certain people in the media that just they want to make their name on asking a question, whether a Zoom press conference or otherwise, that they can then play back on their show and they can hear their question and they elicit some right. sort of snarky response based on the question. I've just never been that guy. I mean, if they want to do that, that's fine. But I also feel like, you know, I have an obligation to the listeners to try to um, to try to ask the question that everybody wants to know. So I asked the question. I said, this we'll get you out of here with this final final thought. Um, do you have do you have any idea uh, about your what your future looks like? You know, do you, your, your team's future? I mean, as we sit here today, as I talk to you right now, you know, what is that? What is what what what, what do you think about that? And his answer was. My future's fine. And I, I paused because I thought he might sort of recalibrate and then go on and say something like, listen, um, you know, I'll be, there are going to be decisions made. I'd love to stay here, whatever. I'll be talking with the GM, George Payton, uh, and Joe Ellis uh, soon. And that's all I can tell you, right? It's something. But he said nothing. And I could tell that he was. I won't say he was irritated with the question, but I don't. I don't think he necessarily liked it. So, and that's okay. That doesn't change how I feel about Vic. I mean, Vic and I texted um, that night and texted uh, the next morning after it was announced he was fired. I, I really hold him in high respect. I think he's a good football man. I think he's a smart football coach. But the reality of it is, and he knows this, over three years, your record. As the head coach was 19 and 30. That's just not good enough. And he would be the first to tell you that. There are reasons why 
not all of which are his fault, that they only won 19 games. But when you're the head coach and you're in charge of everything, and in the NFL, head coaches make buku money. Five million bucks, right? When, when When you make that kind of money, there's a responsibility that comes with it, and they all know what they're getting into. Um, and so he knew, he knew they just, they didn't win enough games and it was, it was time for a change. I think it was, so George Payton and Joe Ellis spoke on Sunday. I think this was George Payton that said it, that somebody asked him, well, if they had beaten the chiefs and credit to that team for putting up a a really good fight against a very good chiefs team, which I was actually, I was impressed with, um, and somebody asked, well, if they had beaten the, the Chiefs, would you have the same decision? And George Payton, I think, said. So I don't deal with hypothetical right. questions. Do you think, however, that that would have changed Vic Fangio's future here? I do not. Um, I think the decision had been made. Um, I, you know, the, the Broncos came out. They played hard. But, um, again, they're in position to win the game. And something happens. They screw something up. Right, we saw it in the Cincinnati game where where Drew Locke fumbled the ball, Cincinnati ran it back for a touchdown. Then we see it this past Sunday against Kansas City when Melvin Gordon gets hit and somebody, uh, one of the tight ends, turns uh, Melvin uh, Ingram completely loose to dislodge the football. What what are we doing? That's just bad football. Um, but to have two opportunities to go in and uh, in in the in the Cincinnati situation, they would have taken the lead at that point. In the Kansas City game, they would have uh, tied the game. So, um, y- you know, it's it's just um, you just can't make plays like that. I think I think no. To answer your question in a very long-winded way, I think no matter had they come back to win that game or not. I think the decision had been made that the, the Broncos are going to go in a different direction. What was his biggest or one of his biggest downfalls? What was the thing that just could not, could not, 19 and 30, that's pretty straight, but that he, he just didn't do right, that, in I, your opinion? I don't think they ever settle on who they are as an offense. And I think, you know, Vic's a defensive guy, but when you have HC behind your name, you're responsible for that offense as well, and you're responsible for the special teams. And both of those areas were subpar. I mean, Vic took a lot of pride, I think, in the defense, and rightfully so. You can do that if you're a defensive coordinator. If you're a head coach, and you've got to look at the the overall uh, operation, as he would say. And they, they never, to me, could sort of figure out who they were on offense. And that's that's a recipe for disaster. Um, they ran the ball at times effectively, other times – they claimed to be a running team and couldn't run it uh, or didn't run it enough. Um, you know, their passing game was not good enough. I mean, period, just not good enough. You know, you sign Tim Patrick and you sign Cortland Sutton to monster deals, and then you can't find ways to get them the ball. Now, it's, it's you know, it's a little bit more than just conceptually and how they design plays. I mean, you got to have – the quarterback to do it. You got to have the protection, but I, I just thought there were so many things that they could have done in offense that would have put their playmakers in better positions to make plays. And I think there's a way creatively that you can run the ball that I just I didn't see from the Broncos. I, what I saw from the Broncos was this is how we run the ball, and we're going to run it that way 
for 16, in, in this case, 17 games this season. You guys figure out how to stop it. Well, then you better have great personnel up front, right? And you better have a passing game that you can marry with that hard-headed approach to running the ball that that can put people back where they should be. And I didn't think the Broncos' passing game was good enough, and I just didn't see the creativity in, in the run game that I think when I look at other teams that I see. And I made the comment earlier today, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan, and, and I've said that. I mean, I said when there was an option to hire Kyle Shanahan uh, or Vance Joseph, I said, and Vance and I talked about this, I said I'd hire Kyle because I, I have a good feel for what they do on offense. I know how creative they are. You watched that game yesterday with the Niners and the Rams. I mean, that's a creative run game. And the Rams and everybody at SoFi Stadium knew the 49ers were going to run the ball, and they still couldn't stop the run because they, they do it in a creative way, and then they, they marry that running game with the play pass game. See, I, I didn't see that, and not just a shot at Pat Shermer. I didn't see it, you know, even before Shermer got here. Did Pat Shermer get Vic Fangio fired? Because everything you're talking about has to do with Pat Shermer. I think the inept offense and the really poor special teams play Ugh, played a large, mm-hmm. large role. When you average 20 points a game in the NFL, you're not going to win enough games to get in the playoffs. I mean, and if you do, it's going to be an aberration. It's going to be a very atypical season. So, so yeah, I, th- I think I think everybody had a hand in it. I thought on Sunday, I know K-Way carried it live, the press conference with Joe Ellis and also George Payton. I thought that was really must-listen for Bronco fans. I think there was a lot of really good stuff said. One of the things that really stood out to me is both Joe Ellis and George Payton, when asked about, hey, this is going to be five coaches or five coaches in nine years? Well, <coughs> excuse me, this would be – I mean, you had, you had Gary Payton, Gary Payton, you had, uh, you had Gary Kubiak in 16, you had Vance Joseph in 17 and 18, you had Vic Fangio in 19, 20, and 21. So you've had three coaches since the Super Bowl season. Now, Gary was here during the Super Bowl season, but prior to that, it was John Fox, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, how, how, how much further back do you want to go? Right. That doesn't make sense to go farther back than that. But But when asked about it, because that's a pretty big number in the last you know, few years. They both said it's an organizational problem. Yeah. Yeah, Josh McDaniels before John Fox. Maybe they were referring to that. So when you talk about it being an organizational problem, organizational problems are from the top. Yeah. So is Joe Ellis talking about himself? Probably. Is- yeah. Um, for sure. And is that ownership? Or is that Joe Ellis? Well, I mean, Joe has been in charge of running this franchise for a number of years. I'll I'll say this about Joe. I I know Joe loves the Broncos. Um, So it's not, you know, the the failings of this franchise are not because he doesn't care about the Broncos. I think they've just missed on the head coach. And, And they've missed in the draft. And they've missed on a quarterback. Right? I mean, when you couple all those things... You know, Joe Joe was the one – I mean, truthfully, if we're to be completely honest about this, I mean, Joe made made the move on Mike Shanahan at the end of the 2008 season. He decided they were going in a different direction. Now, you know, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike is a great 
football coach, right? Um, was it time for a change? I, I wouldn't have done that, but they decided to do it, and so Joe hired Josh McDaniels. That did not work out. That was two years. Um, okay, at that point, uh, they also brought John Elway back into the organization. All right, they made the move to get rid of Josh, and then they hired John Fox. And John came in and did a really good job. Now, part of, you know, part of that was after the first year, they got uh, Peyton Manning, the quarterback. So you have to, I mean, again, how many times have I said this? You have to have a quarterback, and it has to be a dude at this level. Um, and, and Peyton obviously fit the bill. Then they decided that that wasn't good enough when, when they lost to the Colts in the, in the postseason at home. John Elway made the move on John Fox. And at that point, they had a chance to either bring in Kyle Shanahan or Vance Joseph. These are all, I mean, these are all guys that I like. I mean, I know all these guys, right? I said on the air at that point, I would hire Kyle. Okay. I don't think, I want to be fair about this. I don't think Joe was comfortable with bringing Kyle back into the Broncos organization. Because of his dad. Yep. And I, I mean, I, I just don't think that was going to happen. Now, you can say, well, Kyle hasn't burned it up in San Francisco. Well, he did get his team to the Super Bowl, and he's got his team in the playoffs again. Um, Kyle, Kyle is a really creative offensive mind. There's no question about that. So you have Vance for a couple of years, and then you make the move and you hire Vic for three years. One thing about Vance and Vic, in fairness, in five years, didn't have a quarterback. Right. So – I would submit no matter what kind of coach you are, it's hard to win on a consistent basis if you don't have a dude pulling the trigger. Well, especially with Vance, the Peyton uh, or Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, that was such a debacle, right? Like if that's what you're handed. And I know you have to work with what you're handed, but I, I agree. I mean, that, that that's a tough um, that's a tough scenario, but that's the scenario that, that was handed to them. But don't When you go back up in the first round, and draft a quarterback in the NFL. You move back up, and you draft a guy. If you miss on that guy, and I've said this before publicly, it sets your organization back five years. Five years. And they they just missed. They missed on Paxton Lynch. I mean, it was not, you know... I mean, they, they missed on Paxton Lynch in the first round much more so than they missed on Drew Locke in the second round. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paxton Lynch... Where where they missed, and <clears throat> I find it hard to believe that nobody could have figured this out beforehand. This is classic second guessing here, but but Paxton Lynch wasn't all in. Paxton Paxton's just not a guy that lives and dies with football, right? First in the building, last one out of the building. I mean, let's let's grind. I mean that that's the you that has to be in that quarterback's DNA to be an elite quarterback not a guy that is just shows up when he shows up and wants to play video games that's not what this is that sort of mindset gets a whole bunch of people fired right and that's exactly what we've seen and that's why Paxton is not in the NFL he's got you know enough skills to be in the NFL big arm big guy 
but the other, the intangibles, and they should have seen that. There should have been a way for them to have seen that. Oh, I bet somebody said something, before. don't you think? I, I don't have any idea because I'm not in those meetings. I'm, I mean, the Cowboys liked him as well. Right. Right? Right. I remember but, that. But um, when you miss in mid-first round or higher with a quarterback, it's five years of futility. So in that press conference, somebody asked, well, you know, chicken, kind of chicken before the egg or blah, 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 blah. Is it most important, your quarterback or is it the head coach? And George Payton, I think, reluctantly said, well, it's, it's head coach right now because that's really what's in front of them. I don't know if that's what he really believes. So let's talk about the Broncos' next head coach. When we name you name those other coaches that coach the Broncos, there's a lot of guys that the Broncos were taking a chance on, right? When you talk about a Vic Fangio or Vance Joseph, or Josh McDaniels, um, is it time for them to go with a proven commodity? Or is proven commodity that's out there? Because can they really afford to take another chance on a guy that might be good? You're always going to take a chance. Well, isn't there a guy out – if there's a guy out there that has been a head coach and relatively successful like Dan Quinn – Still the chance. I mean, Dan Quinn got his team to the Super Bowl in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? Um Dan Quinn is regarded as a as a player's coach, a guy that you, what to me what you I mean Mike Zimmer's out of work. I don't know. Mike Zimmer's 65 years old. Um has had reasonable success was the head coach of the Vikings for 8 years. Was 72 and 56 I think overall and got the Vikings to three playoffs in 8 years. Is that a proven commodity? I, I I don't know. There's a lot of good football coaches. To me, the most important thing is no matter who, and they're going to interview Kellen Moore of Dallas, talking about taking a chance. I mean, he's a young and upcoming offensive coordinator. You know, he's working with with Dallas. With Dallas, he's working with some pretty good personnel. You know, receivers, a back, a quarterback, offensive linesman put together. Um, to me, you ha- if I'm George Payton, you have to interview guys and then you have to tell them i think this is george's job what kind of offense am i looking for what do we want to be on offense because they i still don't know i knew when gary kubiak was here and before him mike shanahan i knew what they wanted to be and even with peyton i knew what they wanted to be on offense it was easily identifiable the last five years i have no idea what what's what, what do you hang your hat on on offense are you a power running team? Are you a zone running team? Are you a play pass team? Are you are you eleven personnel team? Are you twelve, thirteen? What are you? And they just it was a hodgepodge of to me, sort of. Well, what do you think about this week? What do you want to try? Well, don't you think that's because the quarterback play was so inconsistent? I when think that get, was a part of it. Yeah. When you have somebody like Peyton Manning, you know exactly what you are. Yeah, and Peyton tells. I mean, Peyton. Listen, you know, we all know Peyton pretty much brought the offense. And installed it here, and that's and the, and the Broncos staff was smart. Okay, we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll figure out your offense. You don't have to figure out ours. But now everybody in that building's more than likely gonna be gone. So I want to know from these candidates. Okay, what what do you believe in? Some of these guys are defensive guys. Dan Quinn, Gerard Mayo of New England. Okay, tell me what you want to run on defense. Now tell me what do you want to be on offense? What are you? I mean, I mean, are you a power running team? Do you like some of the concepts that the Chiefs employ? Are you a West Coast team? Are you a, are you a 12 or 13 personnel team? One back, two tight ends, three tight ends? You know, what are you? But we saw, you know, we saw in Denver, it, it, they, they just, 
They just couldn't find really something that they could say, this is who we are, this is what we do, and we'll, we'll window dress a lot of the other stuff to make you think that we're not doing that, but this is really who we are. So that's the top. That's what you want to know. Where does lead, leadership fall in this? Because that was mentioned a lot from Joe Ellis and also George Payton. We need a leader. You know, people on the air had a field day with Vic saying, oh, he wasn't a leader. I contend how the team played for him in the last game of the season against the Chiefs and the, and the Broncos had, you know, no shut up going anywhere. I, they wanted to play hard for him. They didn't. They didn't give up on him. So is he the guy that's going to walk around and be rah-rah? No. So where's leadership for you in your book? That kind of guy, I think. I think it's important. I think you have to be able to stand up in front of the room. Um, and was Vic not? And get these guys' attention. Vic, Vic, I think, again, a really smart football guy. I, I don't know if that if that's Vic's forte. Um, being a, you know, sort of being a rah-rah guy. We made a big deal about it the one time he fist-pumped one <laughs> one time on, on the sideline against the Cowboys. Right. It was like, yes. Yes, I remember Right, that. but you have to be, you can't be phony. Yes. There's other guys that want to, you know, the rah-rah stuff. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a really bright football mind. And he He's going to get a second opportunity. Well, he's already had a second opportunity, but he turned it down after he accepted it. Um but he was a very vocal, fiery sort of leader. You've got to you've got to be who you are, but you have to balance that you're dealing with a room full of grown men who are making a lot of money. They want they want to know what you know, and they're going to be able to tell what you know before you think. <laughs> and then you know you have to you have to appeal to their competitiveness. And yeah, I th- I think to be maybe more hands-on in, in the locker room is good. I mean, I, I, I do, but you have to be who you are. That would not be a deciding factor. That would not be the deciding factor if I'm George Payton hiring a coach. You you can get somebody in there that you feel like, holy cow. I mean, we heard that about Vance. All right. due respect to Vance. Vance, that's what John said. Vance is the leader of men. And I, I think he's probably right. But that that doesn't necessarily mean you can put it all together as a head coach. I want to know who they are and what they're going to be on offense. And that's what George Payton, to me, should focus on. What's the second thing you want to know? What do, what do you need? Well, I mean, you, you need, um, you know, you need not to take two giant steps back on defense. I, th- I think they still need some help on defense. I think they were very good. I think, I think Vic uh, used a little bit of smoke and mirrors at times on defense from a strategic uh, schematic standpoint, there were things that you go back and look in tape and say, "Wow, okay." I mean, they didn't. The offense didn't see this. Vic's very, very creative like that. But what what you need also is you need to fortify the offense and have a creative mind running the offense. But you need not to take a couple steps back. So I think in the draft or free agency, whatever, there's still a dude or so shy up front. You need to decide who's going to be one of those two inside linebackers. I mean, there were guys that came in. Some of these young dudes played pretty well. Kenny Young played well. I thought Baron Browning played well. Jonathan Cooper. But, you know, they're, they're guys. I mean, they were picking guys up in late August and late September off of other teams' practice squads. And then they were playing within a five-day period. 
you lose Alexander Johnson, you lose Josie Jewell, you got to bring those guys back. I mean, there's some, you know, Kareem Jackson probably not coming back. You know, are you are you good enough outside? We thought they would be with Fuller and Darby. I mean, Fuller had a disappointing season. Darby had an okay season, I think. Are, are you good to go with Sertan and Darby now? What happens to Callahan? So you need not to ignore the defense completely because that's been the mainstay of the team. But while doing so, you have to address this. Uh, this offense is a shit show. I mean, it's just, it's just mind-boggling the amount of talent they have. And they just, they just didn't play well. Does the changes of ownership, and Joe Ellis would not talk about it, or at least right now, does that throw any concern of a different owner coming in? I mean, do we know that – I know the answer to this is no, that they're going to let George Payton just do whatever George Payton wants to do, or are they going to have a strong opinion of what they want to do? I guess well, the timeline – I guess the timeline is the coach first, right? Well, all my billionaire friends you have, a billionaire have strong friend. opinions. <laughs> I have no billionaire friends. Are you sure? No, I, I really don't. Um, no, I, I think that um, – I don't think George can operate like that. I think George has to operate um, sort of in a vacuum. And he can't be overly concerned about what happens with ownership. Does ownership ultimately, if the team is sold, and um, will the owner have a right to come in and basically look and say, I don't like what you've done, I'm going to fire you? Okay, Sure. It's going to cost that owner a lot of money. But he's only got, yeah, he's got, this is the second year of his deal, and he's got a six-year deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, right? What you have to do if you're George Payton is forget about all the ownership stuff because you have no control over that. And just go out and hire the right guy. This is the most important, the most critical hire for the Broncos in as long as I can remember. I mean, it, I, I, I think that this is – I don't want to, you know – deal in hyperbole but this is a critical hire they've missed the playoffs six straight years you got to get this one right man that's and joe ellis said we we have to get this yeah right. like it's time and he said yeah and he also joe it. i think was smart about it he said hey, this is going to be totally george's deal i mean he went out of his way to say basically i'm gonna have nothing to do with this which i think was smart of Joe. <laughs> Joe's Joe's heart is in the right place and he loves the Broncos, mm-hmm. but there have been some bad decisions that have been made all the way I mean, honestly, all the way back to hiring Josh McDaniels. That was in oh nine. What's that, thirteen years ago? Yeah. That's bad bad decisions on coaches, bad decisions in the draft room, some bad decisions in free agency. Some good. Some not all bad, some good. Not enough good and too many bad though. So everybody's told the Broncos organization has said this coaching search is going to be expansive. Of course. Have you ever heard have you ever heard a club say, you know what? Our coaching search is going to be we've got two guys in mind and that's it. I mean, right. I'm, okay. I'm making fun of the term, but yes, I'm sure and 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 everybody that they're not going to rule out anybody. And there's so many names that we're hearing right now, so many names. Give me three names. Because I don't want to go through every single name. I'll give you three names. Give me three names. Well, I mean, they've asked for permission to talk with Kellen Moore, the offensive like coordinator of the Cowboys. I don't know. I'm just being honest about it. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to drill down on Kellen Moore. I mean, by all uh, accounts, he's a very bright uh, young guy. How old is he? Thirty-three. <laughs> so young. Now, I mean, you know, 
how the Broncos do against the Cowboys when they went to Dallas. I know it's a one-game thing. So I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing Kellen Moore. Maybe Kellen Moore turns out to be the next great young guy. Maybe he's the next uh, Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or one of those guys or uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, right? I mean, what, what, what do we know about Matt LaFleur when the Packers hired him? Nothing. Matt LaFleur's also coached Aaron Rodgers his entire short career in Green Bay. So it's been a nice marriage, but he's had that had that guy. Well, that cat the, has Dak, Pe- Dak Prescott. The guy, well, the guy that comes here, mm-hmm. you know, the, the club's going to have to find that guy. That guy is not here yet. So Kellen Moore, they've asked uh, permission to talk with uh, Jared, Gerard Mayo. Um, I think that's a long shot candidate, to tell Who's you the a truth. Linebackers coach for New Jets. England. Yeah, okay. great player in his day. Uh, they've asked uh, permission to talk with Dan Quinn the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. Does that pump you up? Yeah, I mean, I think Dan Quinn obviously is a good coach, for sure. If you hire a guy like Dan Quinn, it's important that I I think he'd be a nice fit for a lot of teams. I want to know, hey, what are you going to do on offense? When Dan Quinn was in Atlanta, and Atlanta had that great run of the Super Bowl, his offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. So you got to do something like that? I'm in. Right, I, I'm really concerned about what the offense is going to look like. The biggest single issue for this team the last five years is their offense and their inability to score points. Is the quarterback tied into that? Absolutely. But you have to have a formula. You have to have a design. Uh, you have to have a foundation of what you believe in offensively. And then when you see what guys you get, you then tailor it. I mean, look at Miami. Miami, you know, they fire Brian Flores, who, who by all accounts is a really good coach, right? You look at the Miami offense, they didn't have great personnel. They weren't great up front on offense. They were bitched to try to slow down because they had so many RPOs and, you know, they're riding it and throwing it and it's just a really creative way of doing it. I want I want that sort of thinking. I think the NFL has been slow to sort of get out of the stone ages with respect to what they want from their offense, what they want from their quarterbacks. You know, we want a 6'5", 235-pound prototypical pocket passer. That's what they all used to say. And that's fine. If you can find that guy, good luck. But nowadays in college, a lot of those guys aren't that guy. So can you incorporate some of the things that these college dudes have learned to do and, and, and can do well? Can you incorporate that and still run the ball effectively? I mean, that's why San Francisco drafted Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance is not a prototypical pocket passer, but they'll create ways to get him to run some, which he can, and to use RPOs and to use different sets, different personnel groups and splits and motions. And before you know it, it the San Francisco model is they try to out-hat you at, at the point of attack a lot. And I, I'm a big believer in that in terms of the running game. So that I, I want to know what this offense is going to look like. Have I said that about 16 times? Yeah, 16 times. Um, what Last question. What are your expectations of the Broncos' timeline? Like what – how long are we going to be? Well, I mean, you you want to you want to move as quickly as you can. Yeah. If you find your guy, you want to you want to go for it. So you think maybe this week actually we can. Well, if, if they find their guy, right? They can't. Yeah, but... If if teams are in the playoffs, you can ask 
you, you can you can interview somebody, and, and Nathaniel Hackett is another guy they've asked to interview, the offensive coordinator at Green Bay. I played for his dad back in the day in Cleveland. Um, he's a really bright young coordinator, right? He can Who interview. He has Aaron Rodgers. He, he, he has Aaron Rodgers. He can interview now because the Packers have a bye. You can't interview Quinn. You can't interview um, Kellen Moore until next week. And so you, you do the best you can. A lot of these things are going to be on Zoom, which I think sucks. Right. I want to sit down across the table, a nice big fat mahogany table. A and I want steak, some I want right? coffee and I want to look the guy in the eye. And I think you can tell a lot about a guy's passion and what's on his mind and what he likes and what he doesn't like by doing that. They're not going to be able to do that for the most part. Oh, I would think, though, I would think if they're narrowing it down that they'll have an in-person, you know, maybe the first round of Zoom is like, nap, 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 and then. Well, if they let, let's just say they, they choose one of the coordinators in Dallas, and let's just say Dallas wins this weekend against San Francisco. Yeah. The, rest assured, those coordinators are not getting on a plane and flying to Denver or or going to meet with people because there's COVID protocols and you still got your team to coach and that's that gets a little bit tricky. Denver can fly to them maybe and you know but the, but this this COVID stuff the protocols are screwing everything up. I don't want to let you go. I know you want me to let you go. But only one more question. Well, for this week, there are other teams out there that need a quality head coach. Where are the Broncos? It used to be the franchise where, yeah, that's where I want to go. Well, you've got you, Miami's looking for a coach. Chicago fired Matt Nagy, also the GM, Ryan Pace. Uh, Jacksonville's still looking for a head coach. Maybe the Raiders? Maybe The not. Vikings fired Rick Spielman, their GM, and Mike Zimmer, the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have a real interesting situation with Rich Bisaccia. Um, they're the first team since 1961 that made the playoffs that didn't have the head coach in place at the end of the season as opposed to the first of the season, right? I mean, they changed coaches in the middle of the year. The last time teams that made the playoffs changed coaches in the middle of the year made the playoffs was 1961. Dang. So he's done a great job. Uh, I've heard from people out there that he's very popular with the players. Players love him, but I don't know. I mean, is is Rich Basaccia the guy you're going to give a four-year, five-year deal and, and uh, lock the, down? Got him to the playoffs. Got him to the playoffs. They go to Cincinnati mm-hmm. this week. Uh, so I don't know. So that, that could be in play as well. So um, I, I think Denver, you know, honestly, I think Denver, of course I'm biased, you know, I think Denver with what they have in this roster – and the draft capital they have, um, I think they would be the most advantageous opening now. I mean, would you rather come to Denver with this roster or go to Minnesota? And you get Kirk Cousins for one more year. I mean, Miami, you're not you're not sure about Tua. You do have a really good defense for sure. Miami, maybe Jacksonville. You've got the number one pick in the draft, but they have you know they've got a long long way to go to get competitive. Houston, maybe with David Culley, maybe that job opens. Uh, we don't know. You want to go there? I, I, I don't think so. So, I, th- I mean, from that standpoint, I think the Broncos are really attractive. The, the only negative for the Broncos would be the ownership thing. And head coaches, I mean, if they get signed to a – and these, these contracts, rest assured, are going to be five or six years. And bare minimum, if it's a six-year deal, it's going to be worth close to $40 million. Well, 
that's guaranteed money. If the team sells and the new owner comes in and he doesn't like your shoes and he fires you, you have $40 million coming. So I, I don't think the uncertainty of the ownership will play a key role in terms of hiring a head coach. So much good stuff. Drama. Drama. We do. Well, you need to go. I could Drama. talk for hours. Uh, next week, I think we'll know a lot more. Yeah? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited? I mean, you never want to see somebody lose a job. No, I feel, yeah, you know. You're not. You got families. You got families. You oh, got kids. Yeah. You got a the whole coaching wives staff. Have to, yeah, right. I mean, sell houses and moves. They they Scouts. know they know that's how the league works. That's yeah. they they know what happens when they sign up for it. But it's still it's still tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So will I see you next week? Of course. Okay. Back with more. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They really do it all. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts. New boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code LOGAN, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.